When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you've scheduled your initial meeting with me to see if we want to work together on your application. It's awesome. This will be a quick episode, mostly just helping you prepare for our chat. First, I definitely want to learn more about you. This may be tough, but you don't need to practice or rehearse a speech as to why you want an MBA. In fact, the more authentic you can be, even if that isn't super compelling or polished or whatever, the better. Authenticity is key when it comes to these applications, and I have no desire to make you a robotic cut-and-paste MBA applicant with lines like, post-MBA, I intend to affect change and make an impact in underserved sectors of the population by leveraging economic principles and fiscally responsible policies. That might be a good sentiment, sure, but it's a stupid sentence, and there's a million just like it. So come to our meeting as authentic as you can. I have to kind of laugh at that since it sounds like the least actionable piece of advice I've ever given. So let's counter that with some actionable advice. I want you to have the following items ready, either emailed to me at info at the or ready to screen share or whatever. Also, I'll write these down in the episode notes so you can reference them later, but we'll need your resume, whatever form it's in five pages, one pages, whatever your undergrad institution, um, your majors, minors, GPA. If possible, if you do have a transcript, I'd like to see the classes because that is part of what directors look at. Uh, I know that might be a long time coming or not not readily available. Um, So your resume, your undergrad institutions uh, and graduate institutions, all your all the stuff, Um, school choices and undecided is definitely a viable option your GMAT or GRE scores or your plans or fears or whatever when it comes to those two things, your top three concerns, and then the top three areas you want my help with if they're different than the three concerns. Now, here's the big one. Uh, A writing sample um, would be awesome. If you don't have one, write no more than like 200 words explaining why you want an MBA. And that's it. Uh, we'll talk about your dreams and your aspirations and, you know, hopefully we won't crush them. (laughs) I'm kidding, but I'll be realistic. If I don't think I can help, I'll tell you, and I'll do my best to point you in a direction of help in whatever form it may take. Keep in mind, this meeting can be super short or up to 30 minutes, whatever we need. Typically, if we decide to work together, I'll give some semblance of how many hours I'm thinking it'll take to get your application in a good spot, just so you have some idea of what we're looking at. This is, of course, subject to change, and we'll discuss this in detail during our meeting, but you'll be kept up to date on how many hours we've used. And, you know, since we will use them together, too, it's not like you'll be blindsided since we will quite literally spend every hour of it working together. Just so you're prepared, I typically require your first few hours, usually two to three, to be prepaid. Also, just to be clear here, if we do work together, and this is standard of all um, consultants, you know, review the contract carefully. Mine is in plain English and it's easy to understand, but it's important and binding. It is a contract. 
Um, there's nothing phenomenal in it. Typical stuff like don't be late, don't no show, so on and so forth. Uh, most importantly, I'll say it here and in the contract, again, super typical, but working with me or any consultant is in certainly no way a guarantee of success in any form. Um, no one can guarantee an acceptance to any school. And if you're denied admittance to a school or otherwise decide not to apply, there's no refunds. I know you know all that, but you know, I got to cover my butt. Anyway, keep in mind too, that I may very well just be unable to take you on as a client. I'll always be honest as to why. And more often than not, it's a time thing. I get slammed as we get closer to deadlines and literally just don't have time. So if this is months out from a application deadline, I probably have time. If this is a week before, I almost guaranteed don't. You can you can try and reach out, more than happy to reply and let you know, um, but it's just the nature of the beast. Now, I don't work for a consultancy, it's just me, and there's only so many hours in a day. So I won't take you on as a client if I don't have the appropriate amount of time to give you. All right, so since this episode is super short, not really even worth being called an episode yet. I think we're like five or six minutes right now. I want to share a sentiment here since I think it's super important and I can't really imagine meeting any of you and not wanting to share this sentiment. So you've likely heard in other episodes that I don't want to be, nor do I like consultants. And this is for two reasons and both of which I can explain with the same story. So Zach, a stellar dude who I interviewed earlier in the show, is basically a shoo-in for an MBA. Yet, as you likely heard, he got denied to every school he applied to, and this was after paying $20,000 for a consultant. He also had a 750, or maybe it was a 740, I can't recall, but he had a good uh, GMAT score, a military background, amazing leadership, and literally built a multi-million dollar business in less than a year and now has his own venture capital firm, right? Most people get an MBA to learn what VC is and how to get into it. He just created his own VC firm. But guess what? His essays and resumes were a mess. So stick with me here. One of Zach's essays opens with a line, something like, I cut the body of the soldier down after he hung himself. Mind you, we're talking about a younger Zach here, like an 01, all of 23 years old, cutting down the body of an even younger man who'd hanged himself. It's insane. The essay continues and explains some extremely compelling things about service member suicide rates. And as you'd imagine, it's an intense and awesome essay. Um, Zach is also rather magnetic. Um, we've had him over frequently and are happy to count him among our friends. But listening to him talk about real estate made me want to get into real estate, something that I have zero interest in. It's just he's that compelling. He's a he's a natural leader, trailblazer, whatever you want to call it. But with all that, why did every school, every school deny him? Now, as you know, he did get into Booth in the next round when he had um, Chicago Booth's veteran club help him out. And the big piece of advice the veterans club gave him was your resume must be one page and you need to take a risk on your essay. Don't write cookie cutter essays, write something insane. All right, but check this out. And you may have already caught it, right? Why did he get denied? So his opening sentence discusses a soldier who'd hung himself. The word is hanged, not hung. Pictures are hung, people are hanged. Couple that with myriad issues like NCO. When spelled out, it means non-commissioned officer. And the way he was spelling it out, non and commissioned were capitalized, but not the officer part. Yeah, 
And then anytime he used the word soldier, even if it wasn't U.S. soldier, just, you know, my soldiers were coming home, he capitalized soldier. So we have a pattern emerging. And what's that pattern? For, from a director's point of view, and remember, they are basically professional essay readers. The pattern is a lack of seriousness or self-awareness or commitment. And this leap actually isn't difficult to make. So it's not hard to have someone, a computer or something, spell check your essays. Grammarly is a great service that even plugs into document editors and tells you in real time if you're misusing a word or a capital letter. And I believe uh, Grammarly would catch hung or hanged and it would certainly catch the capital letter issue. So for directors, it's not so much that Zach missed these, right? That's not necessarily what makes you a good business leader or not. It's that he didn't do the very simple task of using the readily available tools to polish his essay. That for directors shows a lack of commitment, a lack of seriousness with which they are taking the MBA application. Now, you're hopefully calling bullshit on a few things here, and you should be. So first, Zach did go out of his way to the tune of $20,000 and hire a self-styled professional who, believe it or not, sold himself as a good consultant because he's an author, apparently, who, in my opinion, must have simply not read Zach's essays. Zach didn't do spell check or Grammarly because he paid for a real live professional author to edit his work. This kills me. What's more, and why I have to assume his consultant didn't even look at his essay, is that, again, first sentence, right? It, it, the hung, hanged thing is common knowledge in the writing and reading world, which is to say it's pretty common knowledge. Hell, even Sherlock makes a joke about it in um, Benedict's Sherlock series where the prisoner says like, but I'll get hung for this. And Sherlock says, no, no, surely not. And the prisoner looks all relieved until Sherlock says, but you'll most definitely be hanged. So this isn't some bizarre plurality thing where we discuss data being singular or, plur or plural, or if you refer to a musical band as a single entity or as a group, this is a very well-known oddity of English. So it makes me cringe, especially as someone who at least tries to be a decent person, to know a consultant would be so insanely disinterested and doing a good job that he'd miss something as simple as NCO needing to be capitalized properly or the hung hang issue and still take $20,000. It's a down payment for a house from someone. And I can't imagine they even opened the essay. It just kills me now more so. And here's the second part. That's tough for me. We're talking about a kid, which is what Zach was at the ripe age of like 23 and another even younger kid one of them killing themselves and another cutting the rope. If one of those things that it, it's one of those things that words just don't capture. But when someone tries to put words to it, as Zach did, who freaking cares that he wrote hung instead of hang. And there, my friend is the kicker. You know who cares because they have to care MBA admissions directors. Why? Because, and this is insanely depressing suicide stories. They're, they're not uncommon even more common are just immensely emotional and compelling stories about overcoming some of the worst things in life. These essays show up again and again. I mean, if you have something like that in your life, you're probably going to write about it when you're applying to business school. And when the average is excellence as it is at these top tier schools, the directors, as much as they hate it, 
have to care about things like hung versus hanged. That is, as I explained to Zach, quite literally how small the margin of error can be on these applications. To be clear, I, di I didn't get into writing and I don't write to point out how much pedantry exists in the written word. I write because I love and admire good writers and it clarifies my thinking. I am far, far more interested in Zach's story than his improper use of a word. And let's be clear, if you ever hear someone telling a story about cutting down a person who'd hung himself and you open your mouth and say, uh, the proper word is hanged, you're the worst, just the freaking worst. So the sentiments are feeling kind of dirty by association and having to care about things I'd in my normal life not care anything about. The flip side, though, is fun. OK, it's really rewarding to me to help you hone in and tighten up your writing your style, your confidence, and whatever form it may take. And I love when people like Maddie, my tennis coach, and now an official round two applicant, tells me that I help them clarify their reason for, well, as Maddie said, for pretty much everything, for tennis, applying to MBA school, all sorts of stuff. Maddie wrote a heartbreaking and insanely intense essay, and it was extremely hard for her to do so. But after we edited it, and cut it from 1,100 words to 500, it was even more brutal and to the point. And the catharsis it provided Maddie was, in a singular experience, exactly why I love sharing my love of writing with others. And hey, if that writing leads to you getting what you want, which is a business degree, all the better. So there's a sentiment, now you'd know more about me. I'm excited to know more about you, and literally this time, we will talk soon.